Welcome to An Island of Vision with Ted Williams. An Island of Vision is a podcast that explores a broad range of topics, from philosophy to current events to complex systems, science, computers, mathematics, and whatever emerges in the moment. Welcome back to an Island of Vision podcast. So today I'm thinking I would like to focus on one simple single topic, which is why is it called an Island of Vision? So that means I have to talk a little bit about myself and where that image came from. And it really is an image for me. So, first of all, I'm legally blind. And that's a relatively new um, situation in the last half year or so. Before that, I have a whole life of um, dealing with visual issues because of a genetic uh, issue that resulted in glaucoma and lots of eye surgeries. So the reason specifically why I chose that title is because I was being evaluated to receive disability and an optometrist looked at my my medical records and looked at a something called a field test which shows visually how well I see looking in different directions in my field of view. And it's mostly black. I don't see very well except for in really bright light. And just near the center, there's a small area that is better. And he said, you have an island of vision. And rather than feeling disheartened, I thought, that is a great name for a book or, well, maybe a podcast. And then I thought more about, well, why is that such a great name? Well, as is obvious to all of us, I think this time in the world is just full of craziness. The polarities are immense on all kind, in all different directions. Certainly in the United States between um, what I would call perhaps the views and attitudes of the past, which being more progressive, look to me more like um, dinosaurs trying to hold on to, to what seems to give people comfort in a status quo, which is no longer um, viable. It's no longer viable to think that people 
can ignore the advances of technology that eliminate huge areas of employment. They cannot avoid the fact that people of different ethnic backgrounds and different sexual orientations and those who are outside their particular group influence them and what happens for them. In other words, we can't avoid the globalization of, of the world. So there are tremendous pressures. There's the pressures of change, which I would call progressive, and there's the pressures of maintaining. And my orientation is often about, um, as I've mentioned before, systems theory. And in a system, there are forces to maintain the status quo, and there are forces to change. And if the forces stay too much in one direction, let's say the status quo, I would say, um, in the words of Dr. Dan Siegel, that would be rigidity. A rigid perspective cannot adapt to change. And eventually, circumstances, the environment, will change enough that that system can no longer be viable. So rigidity has its uh, limits. And then on the other hand is change. And a word that's often used associated with change is chaos. Now chaos often has a very negative view uh, or is seen in a negative way of being just complete disorder and anarchy fits into that kind of uh, has connotations where anarchy has very negative connotations and for some it has positive connotations. So the forces to change and the forces to stay the same are in constant um, interaction to try to choose a kind of neutral term. And if either of those, chaos or rigidity, becomes too strong, then the system's no longer viable. So with rigidity, um, it gets to a breaking point because it cannot adapt. And then with chaos, it will likely explode from the inside um, because it no longer can hold its different pieces together. So in a healthy system, the forces to maintain and the forces to change are constantly interacting and there's someplace in the middle and where that is is uh, not necessarily clear either. Someplace in the middle is where um, continued viability exists. So 
how does this relate to the name of my podcast, An Island of Vision? Well, we live in a crazy world, a very polarized world, and even within the um, more progressive side where I tend to sit, there are some very rigid ideas, very antagonistic ideas that throw out the baby with the bathwater. Um, and we have little, little times, little, little instances um, where that is, is, a, is softened some. So with Mitt Romney's vote to convict Donald Trump in the impeachment trial, a lot of people on the more progressive side honored that choice. And um, I think that's a good thing. Because personally, I believe um, Mitt Romney and I have extremely different political views. But if someone can do an act of courage like he clearly did, from my perspective and many people's perspective, then maybe those difference, political differences can be dealt with in a more respectful way. Just say, for example, um, abortion. Um, in my perspective, if someone believes that... Um, life begins at inception, that is a base belief. And I have no right to say that that's wrong. I'm just a simple human being, but I have a different perspective. So then we have to kind of, in, in the best of all worlds, rub against each other's belief systems and find out what is an honorable way to work together? And I don't know the answer to that. Um, and I think in a good, good, uh, in the best world, none of us know that because it emerges out of the interaction. So, an island of vision is looking out at the crazy world from a calmer space. In Buddhism, I would call that equanimity. Equanimity is the ability to stand within that tension, the polarities, um, what is sometimes called the dialectic, which in physics, the dialectic is between a positive like electrical positive and electrical negative and feeling the, the push and the pull and be able to be within that. If the dialectic breaks down, like in a capacitor, then um, it stops working and elect electricity shoots across, electrons shoot across the gap. So to maintain the dialectic, to stay within that difficult um, tension is the ability then to perhaps hold the larger picture and make wise choices. So I would say that wisdom 
one aspect of wisdom is to be able to look at the larger picture and make a choice or to make choices that take all of it into account. So back to what I mentioned in my first podcast about um, a definition of a health, healthy system is one in which um, you have integration of well-differentiated well-differentiated parts. And integration means communication that mutually supports the healthy functioning of all those differentiated parts. And that's an ongoing process. So as a human being and their in uh, his or her body goes through life, that changes. So what I have now in my 60s is a different balance than what I needed when I was a newborn. So um, again, this is a dynamic process, and I think a lot about the um, Buddhist ideas of impermanence and that suffering often, well, suffering uh, comes from trying to hold on to or change or in some way not be present to what is in the now, to speak from Eckhart Tolle's perspective, and to um, try to force something else, either um, desire for something that isn't or trying to push away something that is coming into your experience. So my vision and the decrease in my vision um, is not something I would have ever asked for or something that I enjoy. But by using um, my practices in meditation and what I've learned in therapy and learning um, to be a therapist, um, psychotherapist, has helped me to be present with those experiences, often feeling a great deal of grief. But something transforms as I'm going through that process. And um, I'm trying to remember who said this recently. Oh, it was right after Ram Das died, I listened to uh, one of his old talks, and he said the ability to go through change is directly connected to the ability to grieve. And that really struck me. Um, my mother died a little over a month ago, and it was uh, nothing unexpected. She was 90 years old, and in the last year, year and a half, or even more, she'd been declining, so we knew it wouldn't be long. So 
grieving as she was dying was part of my and my siblings' process. And at this point, I, well, I certainly cried a lot and felt that experience of loss and love. And, um, you know, I think now about her and my father, who died seven years ago, um, with great love and appreciation. And I think ability to grieve and move with that change. Not that I wanted to lose them, but, you know, that cliche phrase, it's better to have love, loved and lost than to never have loved before, certainly comes to my mind. So, again, back to the title of this podcast, An Island of Vision. I'm hoping to use this as just a way to reflect in myself and anybody who benefits from my um, babbling. Because um, I'm, I'm really, in my mind, weaving together ideas that I hear from a lot of other people. Um, I'm just part of a movement, an evolutionary change. And I do think it's going to be happening soon. Um, just a lot of change. The year 2020 is already starting to be just an incredible year of change. And I, like others, believe that it's going to accelerate. So our ability to to move through that is uh, it's going to affect how it happens, how each one of us plays our part, either to move with that change or to uh, resist it, how uh, much joy we feel, how much suffering we feel. Some people are not going to have any choice. People in Syria, for example, who lose their homes, lose their lives, lose their loved ones. I can't imagine what that must be like for them. I have privilege being who I am, living where I am, and all the other privileges I have, and to me that gives me a responsibility. And I'm hoping that expressing these ideas helps motivate me to do my part in this evolutionary change. I think the last thing I'd like to talk about is the image I chose for this podcast. It is um, from part of a painting that was made by a friend of mine, Carrie Kenline, about, oh, more than 15, maybe 20 years ago. And it's from a shamanic journey that um, another friend did for me, and Carrie was present at that. And as part of that, what's called a soul retrieval, there were images of different parts of myself that were lost because of trauma at different ages. One was as an infant, one 
was um, as a young child, one about seven years old, and one was more about 20 years old, which interestingly was about balance. Um, and the last one has always been an enigma for me. It's the image I'm using, and it looks to me like it's in the desert, and it has an eye in the upper uh, right corner, and it has a dinosaur skeleton. So I'm still unpacking what it means. But I think here we are in the desert, and the desert often means metaphorically that place of, of unknowing where change can happen. And the dinosaur, I remember Michael Moore talking in Michael Moore in Trumpland just before the 2016 election and talking about the dinosaurs that were dying. And this was the last, the last kind of big hurrah. And I think that um, the dominant paradigm, and I don't think that's just the obvious pieces about... Um, about um, racism and sexism and control and power that Donald Trump is so uh, is the poster child for undermining um, indigenous rights such as uh, tearing away parts of the um, National Monument in Utah for resource exploitation, ignoring the future implications of resource exploitation in climate change, uh, all of those things, but also the um, entire system of Wall Street and all of that are reaching breaking points. And I think those are all part of the dinosaur. And I'm not saying they should all be thrown away, that Wall Street should be just destroyed and eliminated, because as Noam Chomsky mentioned um, recently in uh, an interview I listened to, that to go to that complete chaos, revolution, destroy the existing system will result in uh, suffering for, for everyone. That's not the answer. Revolution and radical change can happen both from within and without the system. So it transforms. And that transformation may not at all be what we think it will be. We simply have to uh, make our best wholehearted efforts to make changes. So I think the evolution, the dinosaur that's dying is the old worldview, but it is under transformation. So I believe that the when we think about kind of uh, male-dominated and uh, female um, kind of archetypal energies of nurturing and creativity and um, 
inclusiveness, those dynamics, those are like forces that are not part of the current power structure, the, quote, female forces, and the internal, quote, male paradigm forces um, are in relationship, and the male forces, I believe, and others often believe, will be transformed through this process. And uh, another quote that comes to my mind is, um, darkness isn't defeated by um, fighting and destroying it. That only makes it stronger. Darkness is defeated by shining the light on it, and it then dissolves. Because darkness is not a thing. It's a lack. Fear is not a thing. It's a lack of love. It sure looks like a thing, though. So, I know that leaves a lot of open-ended ideas and thoughts. But that is where I am today. So, this concludes this podcast, and thanks for joining me. Thank you for joining me for this episode of An Island of Vision. I'm Ted Williams, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. The music that you heard at the beginning and end of this episode is Emergence by Karen Fitzgerald. You can download her music at karenfitzgerald.com. Until next time, I'm wishing you well.